Welcome to Breaking Down Bits, a conversation about great comedy bits with the comedians who wrote and performed them. Hey, Drew, how are you today, man? What is up, man? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Let's get right into it, man. Uh, let's do callbacks. So this is where we look at our last show and something that we took away from it. What'd you get? Uh, okay. There was a lot. There was a lot of very actionable stuff with Rick Roberts. I think the thing that jumped out to me the most, the, the thing that I'm personally trying to work on a lot is if you get one laugh somewhere, there's probably three there waiting. So how do you expand the joke? So like, you know, I think... That's one thing. Maybe if you if you're like me and and you have a couple of bits that hit really well, but they're just really small, really short. Um, go back and just like just mull over that. Take take the eleven funny filters to it. Do something. There's more laughs there. If you got one big lift laugh, you know there's more hidden somewhere in there. You just got to dig through and find them. Hey man, you layered those callbacks, didn't you? You had uh, not just Rick Roberts, which was of course our last episode, but also Scott Dicker's eleven Double funny filters. Callback. Look at you. I'm going to match you on the double callback. So I have been participating in Write 10, Joel Byers from episode two. So if you haven't gone back and listened to the Joel Byers episode, please do that. Talking about writing every day. So I've been doing that almost every day, which has been terrific. Uh, And in that, I have been thinking about something that Rick said, which is bringing risk into your comedy to really draw the audience in. And so one of the periods of time, one of the bits that I have is about my wife's natural home birth. You want to talk about risk. So I'm trying to think about how I can add to that story and maybe lengthen that bit uh, out a little bit. And to your point, find, find more jokes in it. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) That is, that sounds pretty risky. That, that is somewhere you can inject some, there's some things at play there for sure. (laughs) All right. So you can find those episodes. You can go out there and get them on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching this on video, I'm I'm showing the links now. We're on Spotify. Get out there and find it. Breaking Down Bits on Spotify. Of course, if you're an Android person, I am not. Bless you. Uh, whenever I get those, I, I I don't know what to do. I feel I feel like a melanite with a. <laughs> uh, but if, you, if you're an Android person using Google, there you go. Uh, of course, if you want to watch the video format, uh, YouTube will have those up. Of course, we're doing it live, and those will be available after. And then there's our website, breakingdownbits.com, where you can find all this stuff and follow. Wait. Oh, yes, sir. Which might I say that the website is beautiful. You've done a lot of work there. A lot of times people say, go to the website, check this out. And it's worthless. It's really not worth your time to go to most people's websites because let's be honest, it's a thing you have to do, not a thing you do well. A lot of times you're just like, well, got to have a website. Uh, Brian's killing it. Hey, man. Beautiful. A lot of great information there. It's It makes finding everything super easy. So actually check it out. It'll It's actually worth your while if you're trying to find uh, anything that we've done or you're just, you know, looking for that next bit of advice to take your comedy to the next level. You're going to dig up something helpful there. Thank you, Drew. Yes. And I'll continue to build on that. And it's really about this whole thing is about value, right? We're, we're two newer comics. We're here to learn and, and help you bring you along with us through that learning process. And so the more we can do uh, to enhance that, we will. So I'll continue to build on that, Drew. Thank you. We're being so happy and nice to each other. They're now, and the comic we're bringing on today is like 
the master of self-deprecation. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna about to take a sharp turn here in just a second. Uh, and then one quick last thing: you can email us. Go for it. We'll we'll you'll get an immediate response because this is a bounce bet. No, I'm just kidding. It's a real email. Uh, breaking down bits at gmail.com. If you have anything you want to want to pitch us on ideas or thoughts or you just want to talk comedy, there's there's a way to get a hold of us. Okay. So speaking of our guest, let's do this, Drew. Let's properly bring him on by showing a quick intro video. Born in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, Danny Palumbo is a comedian and writer living in Los Angeles. He's appeared on Fuse's Uproarious, True TV, and Kevin Hart's LOL Network. He also writes about food for several major newspaper and magazine publications. Danny started stand-up comedy in Pittsburgh and later moved to Austin, Texas, where in 2015 he won the 30th annual Funniest Person in Austin contest. Vulture named Danny one of the top up-and-coming comedians outside of New York and L.A., and he was chosen as a new face at the Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. And we've got him here with us, Danny Palumbo. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. Wow. There's uh, so much production involved. I love it. <laughs> your, your bio is pretty impressive. You, you've done... <laughs> You've done a lot. I had to cut a lot out. <laughs> I've never. Uh, it's so funny hearing somebody else narrate my bio over <laughs> breaking bad music. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, that was great. Yeah. Thank you guys uh, so much. This is this is fun. I love the talk shop. And it's been a while since I've done that, to be honest. Great. So, glad, glad you can join us. You're out in yeah. uh, Los Angeles, right? And we're here in Texas. Yeah, yeah. I'm back in Los Angeles. I was uh, I was back in Pennsylvania for a few months, uh, and then I, I just got back here like last week. Yeah. Excellent. How is how is the the world out in LA right now? Uh, it's weird. I mean, so I mean, just comedically speaking, uh, there's nothing happening. I mean, maybe a couple of outdoor shows, but not like New York, where people are pretty much. I mean, clubs are having shows outside of, you know, outside of their doors. They're doing things in parks. Um, and it kind of looks fun out there. But, dude, here, there's nothing. And I've just kind of conceded, like, you know, I won't be doing stand-up for a while. Mm. Are you, are you, you know? doing anything to stay? What, do you, what are you doing as a comic right now to stay sharp or keep working? Or, like, what's, what's going on? You know, I... I mean, I'm always like writing things. That's for sure. Like there's a whole folder and I use Evernote. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not really a, a pen and paper guy. And it's, you know, normally I'm like on a walk somewhere when I think of a joke, you know, so I, I just want to jot it down real quick. So, so there's a whole folder. I think it's called 2020 and beyond or something. Cause I'm like, I don't know when <laughs> I'm going to be doing comedy again. Um, and so I at least keep writing down ideas. I'm like, oh, this will be funny. And it, it just feels like I've been working out bits in my head for when it does come back. But the idea of like getting on stage and like, yeah, I'm probably going to be a little rusty, but I don't know, man, like I've taken time off before and I guess I've been doing it for 10 years now that, you know, I know I won't be complete. Like I know how this is kind of supposed to work. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, and I won't, uh, you know, I'll still have that little learning period, but I'm not too worried about it. I think I'll be able to step on stage in four months and after, you know, uh, a couple mics or a couple sets be like, Oh, that's right. This is this, you know, muscle memory kicking it. Yeah. So we, in Texas, we had a little period where clubs were open for about a month, Drew, and right. it, it, you, I, it was refreshing to get back on stage. The, yeah. the memory, it, it came back quick and it was like almost, it brought me back to why you fall in love with this in the first place. So I'm excited for you, man. Whenever you do and eventually find that stage, new jokes are a little hard, but just, you know, go back to some, some material, get yourself, get the muscles going and then start yes. bringing out some new material. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's the plan anyway, but, you know, we'll see whenever that happens. Drew, you got a show this weekend. Don't you have a show tomorrow? I do, I do. Actually, weird thing, uh, we can't really, obviously it's nothing anyone can come to. I found out that another comedian lives in my apartment complex, and so we're now starting to throw these open-air shows on Friday nights because no one has anything to do. So we just, like, throw a speaker outside, uh, roll out a case of some free beer, and let people come and sit in the open air and we just try out jokes like it's an open mic. So we're doing that tonight. And then I have my first show back at this, uh, uh, at a, at a club, at a bar restaurant show, um, tomorrow. So it's, it's sold out good, but socially numbers, you know, like it's, it's a little easier to sell out stuff. Um, because they can only put 50% of the capacity in there, but it's going to be a fun show. It's funny you mentioned free beer. That's like <laughs> par for the course. That's the one way to get people out to shows, at least here. I mean, you know, when the pre-COVID, I, those are my favorite shows to go to. They're just, you know, you're going to drink for free if you're a comic, you know, or at least it's like something cheap or like, yeah, you should at least do that for people, I think. If, if, if it's like a DIY show, it's just like just buy a case of beer and roll it out there, you know? And I feel all, like that's being a good host. And we know we're all trying a bunch of, you know, we're, we're all a little rusty. We're all trying out some, For some sure. new bits and kind of just working out stuff. So we don't want to make yeah. people, I mean, come on, let's, we're thankful right. anyone will sit down in front of us and not leave. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Sure. Thank yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The audience is precious and fleeting. Yeah. It really, you is. know, I don't think yeah. regular people understand how important your presence and uh, attention really is to comics it means the world to us if you will pay attention and give your feedback uh, we will fight for that <laughs> oh god yeah man i you know i i started in pittsburgh and it was a tough place to start because i was like there was no patience or attention it it was you know there was a bad comedy scene there, were, there was still a club and that was valuable experience but i remember when i moved to Austin, that was one of the first things I noticed was like, oh, wow, like crowds will fuck, will sit through anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and they don't say, I mean, you know, there's been hecklers and stuff at like Cap City and I'm, you know, but for the most part, like crowds are like super chill and attentive. It was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we hit on our, usually our first question is how do you write, but you, you hit on it a little bit already and you mentioned Evernote and yeah. uh, I, this is, you're the first one that's come on who's a, let's call it digital writer. And that's how I am too. I use OneNote, mm-hmm. but all the same. Uh, yeah. Drew, Drew, you're a pen to paper guy, if I recall. I'm, I'm kind of both. Both? I'm a hybrid. Okay. That's interesting. That's, that's very early millennial of you. Right. You know, I'm just sometimes I get in a mood and I want to like get see the pen. No, I have terrible handwriting. 
Um, no, I, I always write on paper and pen, but I always, it makes its way digitally eventually. Yeah. Well, so I think it's appropriate for us to get into our next question, which is preparing for a set. So uh, whether it's in, whether right. it's in uh, and maybe it's different in Pennsylvania versus Austin versus LA, I don't know, but tell us how you prepare for, for sets. Yeah, man. You know, I used to be, okay. I'll say this. If it's new jokes, if I'm at a mic, I have already, if it's brand new joke, I have already said that shit out loud <laughs> 12 <laughs> times in my apartment because I'm so fearful that I'm going to forget it. And for me, the most important thing is, it's a new joke. Get it out once. And then you'll remember how it goes. I don't have to go through that rigorous process of, you know, repeating it and trying to find the beats, you know, which you can do when you're talking to yourself. I feel like I have a good idea of where I would get laughs or where the inflection would be. So it's like, you know, it's important for me to live alone or at least have roommates who are understanding <laughs> the idea that you, that you might be talking to yourself fucking constantly. <laughs> Um, so, so, I mean, yeah, so that's normally, and I think that's the same everywhere. I've kind of always done that, but then there's also been a certain amount of like, you know, you have to let that go and just trust yourself that you'll, you'll know exactly how this bit goes. I, I used to pace around and like, you know, try to remember the set list, which I still try to do because I, I do think it's it's nice to not have to look at your notes, especially if you're doing like a longer set, it, it keeps you in the moment more. And, and when you take that crutch away, you're just a little more lively on stage and, and, and front facing the audience and not like, Oh, I'll look at my, my notes now. Um, that, and, I, and I'll say that the other thing that I learned probably a little later, I was just talking about this recently with a friend. I've always had my best sets when I'm not buried in my phone before I'm going on stage. If I'm like talking to people, like, so you're trying to be present on stage, right? Like you should be doing that, or at least I should be doing that moments before I get on. Talking to, you know, a, a server at the comedy club, a friend in the back, not being like, you know, counting down the seconds until, until you walk on stage. That I have found is incredibly helpful and when I do start going back on stage again, that's something I'm going to be a lot more uh, conscious of. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I find that I, for sure am, I really stress about forgetting. Uh, sure. And remembering yeah. my set list. I have like the worst, just regular memory as a human. Like you can't see, sure. there's, there's just sticky notes everywhere here. <laughs> right. Because right. I can't remember anything. And so I'm always so nervous about that, but I love the idea. I, I found when we did this open air show last week, I came out, I kept a little note card, a little three by five card in front of me. So I wouldn't miss all the things I wanted to work on. And after the show, I felt like I never looked in the eyeballs of anybody in the audience. Yeah. And, and maybe if I would have done what you just said and kind of like warmed up the, you know, really gotten a place where I was feeling social and, and kind yeah. of like acknowledging other humans for a second before I went sure. on stage. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's painful to have to look people in the eyes, <laughs> especially audience members, because, you know, not everyone is into a set yeah. that, that, or if they are, they show it differently. Like guy whose arms are folded in the front row, he can still be having a great time. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you don't know. And, and sometimes you see comics attack those people. And I'm like, I think they're actually enjoying themselves and you haven't given them a chance. Yeah. But I mean, it's, I mean, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for comedians. That said, I mean, isn't Mark Norman the guy who constantly has trouble looking people in the eyes? I know he's he's said that. Yeah. And I've also experienced that with him. But like, I don't know, he seems to do pretty fine. <laughs> yeah. With, he's a, he's with a little not... in his own head, but he's a, yeah. a great comic. Yeah, he's for sure. Guy. A couple think, of... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say a couple of things that I've heard is don't look at the audience, look like above the audience a little bit. Uh, I do that a lot. I do that a lot. Yeah. And and then, uh, and then, you know, it's always the guy, whenever you look out in the audience, it's all, you find the ones that aren't enjoying your set, right? You don't find it's hard. Sometimes it does the ones you you look at and you try to win them over depending on. Yeah. But I tell you what though, if you're having a bad set and there's a group of people really enjoying it. Like there's, there's times where like, I I wouldn't even classify it as a bomb because I was still having a lot of fun. You know what I mean? I'm like, as long as I'm having fun, it's not a bomb. I could, you know what I mean? It's, it's just um, some sort of disparity between you and the audience. But there's been times where I'm like, man, so many people are not like really into this right now. But then there's a group of people that are, and I'm like, God, I fucking love you guys. And I, and I'll focus on them and that it's, I think it's easier to kind of see the good in that, you know, uh, than like, well, these people aren't laughing. We we kind of touched on it already, but does it, was, is there anything that you would add to one of the questions we typically ask is, what are you doing the last moments before you go on stage? You kind of touched on a little bit of that. Is there anything right. else that you do like as you're you're showing up at a show, any tips, any things that you go through your head in to uh, prepare before you go on stage? Oh, I, yeah, I mean, I'll say, I mean, most of it happens uh, before the show, you know, as far, I, I would like to walk into any comedy show already knowing what I'm working on, loosely what the set is, that way I can start kind of enjoying myself at the show instead of being like, I'm about to go on stage and public speak, you know, I, I would like to have the, the hard work done mm-hmm. So comedy can be enjoyable, which, you know, it largely should be. That said, moments before I get on stage, yeah, probably just like one more quick run through. I got into a kind of a bad habit when, yeah, I would start setting the timer on my phone. Sometimes recording my sets too, but not always, but just there was, there would always be a timer on my phone. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, recording the exact seconds of how long I've been on stage. Um, and what was I, that I kinda, for? Just so I know, I guess. Like, you know, I don't know if I, you know, maybe it's been a couple times like, oh, I missed a light, you know, or something or like, and, and then maybe that fucked with me and been like, how did I suddenly lose all concept of time? Yeah. That's scary. I'm like, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think that might have actually been a bad habit. And then all of a sudden you're kind of like tethered to your phone. And I'm like, well, that's not a place to be in. Or you're, you know, just, I don't want to always need to rely on one thing to do comedy, you know? Yeah. So that's something I would like to break at some point. I yeah. You. I hate, I hate it. And I, I do it all the time. I go, I go back to the stool. I'm peeking at my phone. 
I'm peeking at my notes list. I'm yep. trying, you know, and it just it takes you out of the moment because like yeah. I it make it probably makes me terrible in that chunk of time relating and and feeling out what's happening in the room because I'm in my head in my notes looking at my phone and I just like mm -hmm. I, I hate that I do that and I maybe one day I'll 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 break that habit a little bit. Yeah. I feel like that's the name of the game. Just, you know, how do you stay in the moment? Those are at least my favorite comics, you know, people like that. Well, we're going to, part of the, the format of the show is to break down bits, right? And look at some yeah. of your actual material and talk about how you came up with the jokes and the performance. And so uh, I believe the material we're looking for is actual footage from your new comedy album coming out on August 25th. Good morning, Mr. It's actually not. Okay. So it's not from the album. Mm -hmm. But it's, I believe it's all material that's material. on the album. It, it. It's just better filmed. And uh, this was actually kind of an important set that we can talk about. I was like filming this for something. Um, yeah, I believe that's what I sent you. But yeah. It, yeah, it's the intro of a set. Tell, so just tell us a little bit more about uh, the video that you'd sent. Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. So this was, this was at the show Sure Thing in Austin, Texas. Two of my buddies run. They also have the label that the album is coming out on, uh, Sure Thing Records. Um, real fun show. I, I had been going to Austin to try to get uh, tapes, just a good new tape, just to send to bookers, to send to uh, late night people. Um, and so I was coming to Austin specifically with this set in mind. I think this is what it is. I think it's like six or seven minutes long. Um, yep. to do to do from start to finish uh, and then to send out to people. So it's something I had thought about a lot, like the order and all that stuff. Nice. Very good. Well, let's go ahead and get into the show. Danny Palumbo! Thank you so much. How's everyone doing? Great. Sorry I sound like your stepdad. This is, <laughs> this is just how I talk. Everything I say sounds like, uh, is the pasta salad okay? <laughs> I could make it again. <laughs> I called off work to be here. That seems like a good move, right? Uh, fine. I do have a day job. A lot of times I go from work right to a comedy show, which is weird. You know, a lot of weird, nervous energy involved there. It's like, hey, Danny, how do you like to relax? Well, after a long day of work, I like to grab an ice-cold drink and then uh, go give a speech. <laughs> That's right. After eight hours and my feet hurt, I like to get a microphone, stand in front of some bright lights, and then just gamble with my own confidence. Ah. <laughs> Being on TV is relaxing, I have found. I have a dog right now. I have a beautiful Australian cattle dog. I, uh, I love having a dog. It's great. I was already eating a bunch of pills and cheese in the first place. <laughs> now I have a little buddy to do that with, huh? I love all animals, man. Like, even when I see a raccoon, I'm like, ah, I could change him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me get a crack at that raccoon. I'll make it happen. I can fix anybody if you give me enough peanut butter. My God, I'll... Get your parents back together and give me enough peanut butter. <laughs> Powerful substance. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. 
love the the way you start. You you do the thing where you address something right at the top. It's the sound of your voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, you know, I'm not I'm never crazy about those jokes. I, 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 I never really am. But at, in that time, I was like, I really want to make a set for a late night booger. And I was like, I guess that's as, as good as intro as I have. I mean, I've got like 12 different ways to start a set with like a really quick laugh. I feel like I've done so many different things. And uh, that was the one that seemed to be the most, I guess we'll say palatable for something like that. So, I mean, I was really trying to tailor a set for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was the that was the choice behind that. Yeah. Yeah. You get to laugh quickly. I mean, that, that, that yeah. accomplished that. Yeah, just take the nerves out of the equation. You know, just get the first one quick and then, you know, just say anything to get a laugh. And then like, oh, okay, this will be fine. Are the other openers that you use also referencing something about your physical appearance or voice or something? Or is it just a, a completely other jokes? It's never been physical appearance. Okay. I've never I've never quite understood how to categorize how I look in a way that would be like funny and also universal. Technically, you could say anything. It doesn't even have to make sense. And people will be like, oh, yeah, it does. You could just tell them what to think about yourself. I like uh, that stuff up top. I think it, it it's nice. Yeah. To, sometimes it feels like um, I like getting to know if, if, if you're a new comic, maybe someone doesn't know who you are. I love comics that start with something a little more about themselves, something biographical, something so I can just get a sense of who you are right off the top. Yeah. You know, and people, people definitely want that. That's for sure. I, I, I used to do a bunch of things about uh, my name, like an old opener. Somebody asked me if I put it on the album and I was like, no, I didn't. I just didn't know maybe a, another set or something, but I used to say, uh, you know, host would introduce me, and then I would say, "Oh, it's actually pronounced Dikembe Mutombo." <laughs> not a big, not a big deal. Um, I did that for a while, and then you're like, only some people know who that is, right? Yeah, <laughs> and so it wasn't ever consistent, even though I liked it. Um, That's what's tough about the 2020. Like, it, there's so many shows and and different things you could reference that only certain yeah. segments of the world would know. So, universal. Yeah. It's tough to find that stuff that we all experience. Uh, yeah, it is. I, yeah, yeah, it is. So it, it's almost better to kind of stay away from it if you can, you know. Uh, that's a great, that's a great opener, though. That's really funny. Yeah. I like the oh, thanks, man. The pasta thank salad. <laughs> that's yeah, just a fun word you. to say. I think I just want to walk around and say pasta it salad. Is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, and then you get into what Scott Dicker is one of our previous guests called meta humor. So you're you're making fun of what you're doing, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you had some fun in that space. I love the gamble with my own confidence. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I, that was a joke that like I know comics always liked, and and, and you are, I it undeniably feels great when comics dig your stuff. You know, like that's that's who you want liking your stuff. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm one of the good ones. You know, like <laughs> this isn't for idiots, you know, <laughs> it's easy to fall into that trap. And then you go to like Philadelphia or something and they're like, well, I'm not getting any laughs. <laughs> um, I'm but, the dumb man's comedy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, but that joke came from a really real place too, where I was like, man, I was working like 10 hour, 12 hour shifts on Mondays, every every Monday in Austin 
And then I would go right down the street afterwards at 10 o'clock and go do an open mic. And I feel like really great bits came out of that because I didn't have time to really think about too much. You know, I would kind of jot down jokes at work and then go to them. And then you just have all this weird, just worked a double energy that's like letting loose on stage. I've always been very fond of that, those Mondays. I thought it was a really cool, really cool experience. Yeah. And of course, talking about universal stuff, I think you definitely found one in the pills and the cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've all, we've all, someone's done that, you know, that, that was a sure. fun, fun find right there. Two things we all like. Yeah. You know, also, cheese. yeah, pills and cheese. And uh, yeah, I got a dog. It's like you, it's like having a kid in that. I just, whatever's around you, you're going to be writing about constantly. Yeah. You know? I, I noticed, and, and this happens more, we, we probably will bring this, or I might bring it back up later. I noticed that you're not terribly physical by any means. It's not Jim Carrey-style comedy. <laughs> and mm -hmm. the way that you kind of add things uh, externally other than just the writing uh, is a lot, of, a lot of vocal variety, I notice. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah, you, you're, yeah. You're, you're very much affecting your voice to, to do like a, almost a character yeah, or a, you're extra loud or extra soft. How did you come to? Was that just over time, or what? What brought that out in your comedy? I don't know, man. I, I've heard people say that. You know, that's something that like it almost bothered me when I was first starting out. People would be, they would insinuate that that I was doing a character, or they would say something like, "I change." That's not how I talk in in real life. And, and it used to bother me because I, you know, comics would bust my balls about something like that. And I was just being too sensitive. And then eventually I landed on, yeah, of course I'm changing how I fucking talk. I'm in front of a room full of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going to address that differently. And exactly. I'm not like super physical, although I do like to add like little movements here and there. Um, I just think it's fun to play around with voice inflection. And I don't know why. I think it's like making it kind of sing songy in a way, kind of unnecessarily so. You know, there's, there's, there's yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I've always uh, been fond of not like, because I can't really do impressions, but like just changing the inflection of things. It's, it, it's, it's fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like uh, you started with with stepdad, and then you said get your parents back together. Are, are you yourself, sir, a product of divorce? Because that all hit me because I, you know, my parents are divorced. Oh no, I, no. they should be divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, uh, there, there was a specific moment in time where I thought for sure they were getting divorced. I think they talked about it, and uh, they didn't. And now it's like they're just like fine. It's all in the past. And, uh, I, yeah, so that, so they, they worked through some shit and stayed together, uh, which is crazy. And I'm sure has affected me in some fucking crazy way that a therapist could, <laughs> you know, sticking with bad things. <laughs> well, I mean, they found the yeah. power of peanut butter and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like that idea of just spreading peanut butter over <laughs> peanut butter therapy. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, I'm going to fire back up the video clip. Uh, now that I think about it, I think I cut cut this this chunk in in, in parts because I think you have more on 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 dog. Dogs, but, yeah. Yep. yeah. So we'll we'll keep going through that and then uh, we'll revisit it. Let's cool. make let's make a move. I know a lot of people say this, but dogs love me. Like they see me in a crowd and they're like, ah, this guy gets it. He's one of us. <laughs> and I've realized it's because I'm so stupid. I'm an idiot, and dogs want other idiots inside their lives. Right? Dogs don't want smart people. And smart people don't want dogs. A smart person plays with a dog, and after five seconds is like, all right, I have a real things to do. See you later. <laughs> you know, not me. I am in it to win it. Not busy at all. What are we doing today? Where is the ball? I also want to know. <laughs> You want to chase that squirrel? I was just about to say that, man. Four days ago, my dog and I pissed in someone's yard together. We both hate our neighbor, Gary. I have poor taste in men. I feel like I should say that. I have bad taste in men. Uh, also not gay. That's about my friends. They suck. They're bad, and I'm starting to think I'm also bad because of who I hang out with. Have you ever just listened to your friends talk and think, why, why do we still know each other? Like, who's hanging on here? Is it you or me? Like, friends are always saying stupid things. A friend of mine recently said that he has sex every day, doesn't have a girlfriend. Every day, dude? Like, on a calendar every day. We'll just pick a date right now. Thanksgiving! You're going to text someone? You up? That seems a little excessive, right? Take a day off once in a while, Cal Ripken. My God. <laughs> I have a girlfriend. We don't have sex every day. It's impossible, right? Like, sometimes I want to do it, and she doesn't want to. And then sometimes she wants to, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> it's never up to me, and I'm okay with that. Also, wrote that joke when I had a girlfriend. I don't... <laughs> I doubt anymore. She broke up with me. What? Why? Don't do that. That hurts my feelings. This is my defense anytime somebody breaks up with me. Ah, are you sure? <laughs> and then they're always sure, but it's like, I at least gotta double check that, right? <laughs> my friends and I do this thing where uh, we're mean to each other on our birthdays because masculinity is a prison? I don't know. I, I don't want to be this way. I just am. A friend of mine told me happy birthday on July 14th last year, and then I responded, shut up, stupid. Why did I say that? I'm, I'm so nice to strangers, but as soon as I see one of my guy friends, I'll be like, hey man, you're like really ugly. Have you ever thought about that? See you later. I think I do it for the same reason we all do it, right? Because we all do do it. It feels good to be mean to your friends. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You gotta kick someone around. <laughs> and it might as well be your friends, right? Like, I'll say this, you shouldn't be mean to strangers, right? You don't know what a stranger's going through. Maybe, maybe their mom died, or they got fired from their job, or you know, they're going through a breakup too, and then you're gonna scream about traffic like some sort of psychopath chill out man you know? but your friends 
you know if they're having a bad day and you should lay off a little bit. And then you know if they're having a good day and quite frankly, need to be taken down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> I got a promotion. Oh my God, that's so great, man. Does that mean you're to get your teeth fixed finally? Because... <laughs> We're all kind of wondering. <laughs> Used to be a line cook. That was my old job. I'm a pretty good cook, but I don't know how to tell other people how to cook. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a friend of mine call me up recently. He was like, Danny, how do I make risotto? And I was like, oh, man, just be yourself. <laughs> probably figure it out. I do like to go to nice restaurants. I do. The only problem with that is, is uh, my car sucks. I drive a bad car. Anytime I have to get my car valeted, I just want to be like, ooh, can I do it? <laughs> <laughs> you look like you've been working pretty hard. Why don't you take a break? Pal? It's a cocky move, right? Having somebody else park your car for you. Like, I want to be confident about that, but I could never pull that off. Just toss someone my keys. Hey, don't scratch a kid. <laughs> Oh, also, you have to open it up from the passenger side. <laughs> and, uh, oh, don't use the windows. They don't work at all. Actually, you know what? Just go ahead and park it in a dumpster. That seems fair. That's where it belongs. I live in Los Angeles right now, and uh, it's a tough place to live. And if I'm being honest with everyone in this room, I think most mornings I wake up and I'm, like, pretty depressed. You know, like I would say most mornings I get up and I'm like, man, like why, God, like why do I live in a place like Los Angeles, you know? But then I go hiking or I go to the ocean and I think, ah, that's not it. <laughs> Thank you. So many good things to talk about in there. Oh, and... thanks, man. Oh, man. I don't know where to start. There's so many things I wanted to get into. The main thing that I feel I'm a little curious about, mm -hmm. um, kind of an overall vibe. There's a thing that's very self-deprecating to your comedy. That's I think that's mm -hmm. quite obvious. Mm -hmm. But there's also this really confident, it's confident self-deprecation somehow. Oh, that's what is, cool. What is going on there? Because you are not sheepish in the way that you're yeah. delivering these jokes at all. You're very proud of your self-deprecate. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's it's, it's very capturing, I think. Um, the way That's interesting. That. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I guess it's like just humility in a way of being like, I've, ne I've never really been drawn to comedy where someone's on stage and they're like, I know everything. You know, I'm like, I, it, to me, it was always just people slipping out of banana peel, you know? So, so I, I think it takes the pressure off a little bit, just being like, I'm dumb. You know what I mean? Or, or saying my car sucks or in, in, instead of being like, you know, um, things are great, you know? And, and yeah. I think there's a little bit of confidence in that. Um, like I'm not rich. I'm just like a regular guy who has worked shitty manual labor jobs and kind of embracing uh, that aspect of it instead of projecting some better version of myself. You know, it feels better to, to talk 
that way, I think, you know? Yeah, no, I, um, I, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Also, but, your, your use yeah. of silence, I think, also implies so much confidence. And maybe that's what I'm, I'm feeling. And I'm like, dude, this guy just sat on that punchline and waited yeah. uh, an eternity. Yeah, while the laughs rolled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just knew it was coming. Just knew yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I have to. I have to because I mean, you guys were talking about this to start the show, but like mining material for like four or five different tags. I don't always do that. And and, and in that set, I mean, it's like seven minutes. It's probably seven or eight jokes. I mean, some of it's like really quick. You know, I, I like to get on a line and then leave and then hopefully add another separate joke to the topic or it transitions into something else. You know, I'm never going to be a guy who's like, I've got eight minutes all on Hobby Lobby or whatever. <laughs> I, you know what I mean, it's uh, I, I like to get in and out pretty quick. Although now it's like, I don't know. I probably got like 10 or 15 minutes. just all about like food stuff. You know, the, the dog stuff is probably like six or seven. You know, I don't know if that's one joke or separate things. It's, you know, the way it all gels, I'm not totally sure. But um, that's good you said that, man, because the, the album is kind of that way. And I had a friend tell me something similar, just the way I was utilizing silence. A, a part of that is I feel like just being in Austin a while where audiences are a lot more attentive and forgiving than they are in probably the real world, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, and that's always been my favorite comedy, too. I think people, just a little subtlety, you know, um, I just enjoy that. Yeah. I like that Austin's not the real world. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I, I love it to death. It, and I consider it my comedy home. I go back, you know, a bunch of times every year. But it's, you know, a lot of those audiences, I'm like, people, we deserve them. We deserve attentive audiences, you know. Um but, you know, the rest, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a playground for, you know, middle-aged losers. <laughs> <laughs> let me get, let me get into your valet stuff uh, because there's so much emotion attached to that. So the humble brag, I drive a nicer car, but it's, yeah. never, it's never in good shape. Like it's scratched or it's dirty sure. or, you know, it's dirty on the inside. And I'm always sure. insecure about that. So whether it's the actual the whole product that you're talking about that you just park it in a dumpster. That was brilliant. Yeah. But there's a, there's people all have that feeling or even like, I'm like, you're parking it right there. And I just don't want you to adjust my seat or leave my fucking lights on or whatever. Totally. It is. There's yeah. a lot of frustration in that moment. Uh, I love yeah, that. You're you know that. Yeah. It's, it's also like somebody walking into your personal space too, because the car is an extension of, your living space. I mean, you know, you spend so much time in that car. It's yours. It smells like you probably. And then someone comes in and touches your shit. But oh, maybe the good news is valet's dead. I don't know. With COVID. I, I, honestly, <laughs> I had that thought, dude. I really did. Yeah. I was that, I was like, uh, what's, what is good about COVID? And I'm like, no more valet. Pretentious <laughs> <laughs> yeah. restaurants going by the wayside too, maybe. Oh, that's the unfortunate one, but, uh, well, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, the other pieces, Drew's mentioned your lack of, uh, uh, act out in a good way, but you'd actually yeah. had a little lacked out and it's, it's so subtle where you walk backwards and it's just, yeah. it, it was great, man. It really added color. Thank to that. You. Thanks man. 
Uh, and then the friend stuff is, is just take him down a peg. Uh, I'm always doing that to Drew when he has good days. I, I think that's, uh, that's brilliant. Keep, keep him honest. That, that was, I mean, nothing happened out of this tape, but I was in a conversation with uh, the booker for Corden for a while, but that was the tape I sent out. And he liked it a lot. And he was like, you're a very funny guy. And I think I just needed to rework the set differently. But the one thing that he was very interested in was that chunk specifically of like being mean to your friends. So yeah, I guess that means you hit on something that's a little not uncomfortable, but maybe people don't want to talk about the, but there's some sort of universal truth there. Yeah. No, that's you know, if you're, Yeah. If you've ever been in a, in a locker room, or if you ever, if you grew up doing sports and stuff like that's just that is part of the game is, is like kind of harassing yeah. your friends you know if you're a guy that's just kind yeah. of thing. but it's also feminine too because like talking shit behind right. somebody's back you know being right. catty i had a <laughs> my buddy who runs the show that we did the album at yeah after my set he was like you know what i noticed is that you gradually got the women in the audience very on board with your set because he goes, I always knew you were like a little bit feminine, but like the, your jokes are like kind of like catty in a way. And there's a bunch of stuff we didn't cover, but then I started looking at my material and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm being like a huge bitch. You know what I mean? And, but, and, and I think I like doing that too. I think there's something funny and emasculating yourself in a sort of, catty way well you're you kind know. of deconstructing maybe looking at it almost from the outside like a woman would look at that masculinity would see it from the outside and go why are these guys so mean to each other why are they yeah, always maybe. like and, and maybe maybe it's your point of view maybe that kind of is yeah. uh could outside be, could of be, the game could be voice too you know sure, i don't yeah. have i don't have like the deep you know very white deep um, voice yeah masculinity what? masculinity is a prison he said, he said it. <laughs> what about um, the way that you talk? I've noticed something I'm personally battling all the time mm -hmm. is one, the silence thing. That's going to be my biggest takeaway is to, to work on that. And I'm definitely going to mm -hmm. work on that tonight on this open air show. But no ums. You you strike all the ums and the little mm -hmm. nonsense between. It's not even there for you. Did you ever have to fight that? Or is that just naturally you're just a great public speaker just kind of out of the womb? Oh, man. That's funny, because, yeah, maybe a little bit. I would say specifically for this set, though, because I was like, I want to get a good tape. I was like, no ums, no swearing. As I'm watching this set, I'm like, oh, that's where I say shit or fuck. And I'm like, oh, I didn't there. And then I realized, like, oh, I was trying to bring, like, some sort of A game, you know, just, just to make it easier for someone else to watch. Now, like, when I'm listening to my album you had to do like a dozen times to help edit it there's a couple ums in there there's a couple times i say fuck or fucking where i was like can we cut that i'm actually so mad at myself for using that as a filler yeah but you know i i enjoy a if you're doing like a longer set too i enjoy it sounding a little bit conversational you know if you're not saying um every other second that's good but if you throw a couple in or a couple fillers i'm like I don't know, man. If it sounds conversational, there's something a little more uh, accessible and human about that than yeah. somebody presenting this joke that never changes. 
you know, in, in its delivery or I don't know. I, I like seeing like a human element. And, and I think those words sometimes bring it and, you know, that's true. Also your vocal variety, I think kind of creates that when you, when you deliver a joke kind of hard and then you kind of, your, yeah. your tag is this very soft, almost like in your own brain, like almost like, um, what's his face? The dad is fat. Um, Jim Gaffigan, Jim Gaffigan right. kind of yeah. in your own brain kind of yeah. voice. that kind of makes you feel like a, you're having a conversation sort of with yourself or you're saying yeah. what, the, what the audience might be saying right then. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's definitely a, a, a critical version probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Drew, let's, let's uh, bring this home. We've got two things we want to do. So maybe right. most maybe more appropriately to start, uh, tell us about the, where people can find you and where they can find your new album. I don't know if you can see it, but I got a picture of it there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, right there. Yeah. Good morning, uh, mister. Good morning, <laughs> mister. That's a, a line from the album that just kind of stuck. <laughs> and then I was like, how do I, I want a picture of this, but it's like during COVID, I was like, oh, the easiest thing to do is to get a headshot outside my building. Perfect. So solved. Uh, yeah. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. I wish I would have put my handle up there, but couldn't Told you. Uh, yeah, I know, man. I tried to, I could, uh, it's at Palumbros. So my last name, but with an R and an S in there, P-A-L-U-M-B-R-O-S. Uh, the album is available for pre-sale now, you know, iTunes, Google Play, all that stuff. If you want to buy it, uh, if not, you know, it's it's going to be free and streaming pretty much everywhere. August 25th, Tuesday, August 25th, um, you know, Spotify, Pandora, all that stuff. Beautiful. So mm -hmm. we'll, and we'll put those in the, the show links. And the last thing that we do is we call it last laugh. So you got it. Someday you're going to die, Danny. You're yeah, going to yeah. die. And on your tombstone, you can put one joke to be remembered by. What is it? Yeah, That's so tough because it can't be a start to finish thing. It's too many words, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but I will say just put on the tombstone, uh, here lies the Ken Bay Matumbo. Ah. <laughs> and then that'll be, I guess some people will get it. Uh, <laughs> I think that'd be funny. I, that, that'd be a good one for me. Seven, seven foot two gravestone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. Well, hey, Danny, we look uh, forward to hearing the rest of the album and uh, the rest of the material on the album. I'm glad you joined us here. Uh, it sounds so like fun, man. Yeah. eventually you'll get back on stage, man. I believe it. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, not in a rush, man. There, there's other stuff I can do and, and comedy will always be there, you know. Terrific. Uh, well, we're going to let you go and we're going to talk a little about some of our upcoming shows. So we've, thank you, Danny. You take All care, right, man. Thanks so much, Danny. Appreciate it. So we've got some great stuff coming up. That was great, man. I, I enjoyed it. What a, what a great, good time to spend with Danny and excited to, to listen to his new album. Yeah. I'm pumped for that. So we got some good stuff coming up, man. Uh, and it's scrolling across the bottom if you can see it. But uh, August 21st, we've got Sarah Tiana. We're going to look at roast battling. I don't know if you've seen her roast battle. She almost won. She should have won uh, one of the roast battle yeah. contests on Comedy Central. Uh, she lost to Mike Lawrence. And uh, we're going to look at her and Dolph Ziggler, the wrestler. Right. Uh, yeah. It is so fun. That's and a great, That's a great bit. And she's so good at it. So, and it's something about, I'm, I'm afraid drew to get up and roast battle. It's something we do oh, in Houston. Yeah. And so I'm going to, I've got so many questions for her about how to do this. Well, 
uh, we have Sola T- Sarah Tolomachi coming up on the 28th. She's a Houston comic, moved to New York. She released, re- recently released an album, uh, Voluptuous Boy. Dude, it's <laughs> funny, man. It's on iTunes and it's on some of the other streaming platforms. Go out and listen to it. She yeah. is a magic. Uh, and that's going to be great. And then I'm very excited about September 4th. We have Nora Davis. Uh, such a funny comic, such a great writer. Uh, he's going to be joining us. We have a September 11th. Nobody wants that date for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and then we close out on September 18th. It's our season finale with the John Reap. We're going to yeah. talk about Hemi commercials. Uh, <laughs> his, uh, his latest album, Ginger Beard Man, was on Amazon Prime. Uh, he won season five of Last Comic Standing. Uh, he's, he's terrific. So, dude, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. We got some real some real heat coming, and I love the way it's just hopefully each comic, um, it comes from a, a very different angle, has a very different set of skills, and hopefully we'll all pick up a little something different from each one. That's what that's, that's been one of my favorite parts for each comic that we've talked to. Such a different perspective. All doing the same thing, but all doing it so differently that um, when you get into their head a little bit, you just start picking up little things. Oh, I like that from this person. I really love the way this does that. And uh, I, I just love that we can that we can pick up those little skills along the way with uh, each person's very different take on how to do comedy. Absolutely, and this is all meant to be evergreen content. So go back and listen to Andy Huggins. Go back and listen to Joe Byers if you haven't, and Scott Dickers and Rick Roberts. We've got some great stuff. Like you said, everybody leaves these little nuggets, and we and it's it's us learning and growing. And I, Drew, I don't know about you, but I've I've already grown as part of this experience, and it's a lot of hard work for us, but we're happy to do it and happy to share it. So come along for the ride, man. Breakingdownbits.com and uh, all that other good stuff social media, Facebook, and get involved, man. We, we'd love to have you uh, more involved with the show and, and if you have comments or anything you want us to share or questions, uh, feel free to shoot them our way. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, we're here. Yeah, definitely appreciate that feedback. We don't exactly know what we're doing. So if there's a way that we can improve this thing and make it better for you, then we'd love to hear that. That too. All right, Drew, we're going to get out of here, man. Enjoy your shows this weekend. You have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. This is Breaking Down Bits. Thanks for listening to Breaking Down Bits. You can keep in touch or get more when you follow at Breaking Down Bits on social media. Visit the website BreakingDownBits.com. Or shoot us an email at breakingdownbits at gmail.com.